The Profile. You're listening to Premier Christian Radio. Well, hello there. It is Saturday, the 10th of October, and you are listening to Premier Christian Radio. I'm Sam Hales, the editor of Premier Christianity magazine. That's the UK's leading Christian publication. We feature news, reviews, interviews, and so much more every week. And Premier Christianity magazine sponsors this show and makes it all possible. If you'd like to have a look at the magazine, which is available now, and we've got a fantastic cover story for you. If you want to have a look completely free of charge, then head to our website, premierchristianity.com, and click on Get Your Free Issue. Type your address in, and we will send you the latest edition completely free of charge. We've got articles on the five top prayer apps, the technology that is bringing you closer to God. We've got a fantastic article by a Christian leader who reveals his mental health struggles and the day that he admitted that actually he wasn't okay. We've also got the Christians that history forgot, eight heroes and heroines of the faith. That's a feature for the Black History Month, which takes place every October. And so we're looking at eight Christians of colour who perhaps haven't had the recognition through history that they've deserved. So check that out. It's all in the latest issue of Premier Christianity magazine. Just go to premierchristianity.com now to get your free copy. But our big cover story of the month is the interview that you are about to listen to. My colleague Moiwa has been in conversation with Steve Harvey, the American entertainer, comedian, TV presenter, and he's been talking really about the grace of God, and that's what you're going to hear today on the profile. You're going to hear some of Steve's story and how God's grace has always been present for him. So without any further ado, let's listen in to Moiwa in conversation with Steve Harvey. My full name actually is Oluwalo Mwele Wade Bayo Olari Waju Sholomo Ntinjogunla. Oh, my man. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, <laughs> now we ain't gonna be able to do it. Ola, what is it? 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 Just speak yeah. in tongues and you'll be in the region. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, we're going to be quite brief and, and I hope, uh, hope maybe in future you allow us some more time. Um, three things which I want listen to me just start I don't you ain't got to prep me just start let's go I was keen to know um because these platforms are are Christian platforms I know you've you've done TBN you've done other Christian platforms but what your your faith in God and your your journey of faith what are key uh, three key turning points that you can highlight on those on on that journey so far well, three key turning points. First of all, you cannot complete this journey without faith. Faith, for me, is, is the biggest part of this. Hmm. Because the definition of faith, as my mother taught me, that was a Sunday school teacher for 40 years, Faith is the belief in things that you cannot see. Right. That right there, that's, that's, that's so hard, man. That is so difficult. That is the part that creates the turning point for most people. At what, is point, how do you, um, at what point did that become something that you, that you owned beyond something you were taught? Because you speak about faith a great deal. So at what point did it become something real? Well, I mean, you know, you hear about it as a child. 
you know, in Sunday school and you hear about wondrous acts of faith, it doesn't really register with you as a child because you don't even know what faith is. You know, like, you know, like one day I was hoping that I got a bike for Christmas. And then one day I hoped I would pass this test. And then one day I hoped I would graduate. Well, as you grow older, you understand that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Mm -hmm. That's what faith is. So I didn't get it until I got older when I started wanting some things and I wanted them so bad, I hoped so hard that I turned hope into faith. And it, and, and it had to turn that way as you get older. You can't just keep hoping. At one point in time, as a, as a grown up, you got to go, man, faith is a substance of things hoped for, which means simply to me, if I hope on something hard enough, why would I not turn that into the belief that it can happen? Right. That's what it is. It's just turning that hope into the belief of things that you cannot see. I wanted to be something special in the comedy world. I did not see no way how that could happen. I didn't see it. I didn't know. But see, that's what it's all about, though. And then uh, that, that striking out and quitting my job mm -hmm. was the first turning point for me. That was the ultimate show of faith. I'm going to walk away from my job to pursue something that I really don't see no way it can happen, but I just believe so hard that it was meant for me. So that was the first one. That, that's the first one. You, 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 there must have been a lot of noise of you're crazy, Steve, because you're coming from a family. I mean, your, your father, I, I believe, was, was in mining, then in construction. Yeah. You yeah. followed along. There oh, were absolutely. Black people on TV. Uh, and I, mean, look, I, mean, I mean, look, man, my mother was a Sunday school teacher. She didn't even support this. Wow. My sisters and brothers thought I was crazy. All of my friends, my friends would go to my mother and say, you know what's wrong? Sister Harvey with Steve, he lazy. He don't want to work like the rest of us. Wow. No, man, it ain't that I didn't want to work. I just didn't want to work. I didn't want them jobs y'all had. I wanted something else for myself. I wanted something more. The only person that supported my decision was my father. He was the only one. And I thought would support me because he, he embedded in me hard work. He knew nothing but construction work. Work with your hands, work like a man, lift it, carry it, hold it, bear it, come home, earn a check, take care of your family. That's all he told me about. So when I told him, I was gonna quit the very thing he had always told me to have, which was a job, and I'm gonna go chase my dreams. He said, boy, you don't go around but one time. Go ahead and go for it. He said, now it's gonna, you're gonna have to scuffle. He used to call it scuffling. You're gonna have to scuffle. But if you think you can do it, he said, boy, I wish I'd have had the courage to do that. So that was the other part. It was the faith. It was the courage that it took to do it. And then it was simply the belief that it would happen when it seemed impossible. So um, when, when people talk about their journey of faith, we will talk about uh, uh, the adversity, then we'll talk about the, the place of, of the Holy Spirit and things like that. Um, 
when did that become a reality for you where it was more than just words on because for you you, you talk about living in your car for how many years you talk about years. pushing through um the the uh, the adversity there must have been something of the power of god that was powering you even when you didn't know it when well, you, you become know, aware of this power of god working in you look man i got saved when i was 16 years old wow. but when i went to college i backslid i got all off track i went to college man and lost my mind <laughs> it was i couldn't believe it man i mean i could stay out at night a whole new you know, world oh, it, it was girls you know i could eat what i wanted to eat mm -hmm. You know, man, I, I, I went to college and lost my mind. I lost my mind and at the same time I found myself. That's really crazy because there was a girl in college named Ida Washington who told me, she said, Steve, you don't even belong here. She said, you something special. This place has nothing to offer you. College, college can't even teach you anything. And hey, man, she was 100% correct. I had no business in college because what I dreamed of, what could, college can't even begin to teach me what I've become. Wow. There's not a course that they offer at a university nowhere in the world that can get me to where I am today. And she told me that. And that was a, that was a critical point for me. But so I found myself while I lost myself. I was so lost, man. I slid into I stopped talking to God about my decisions. I was just doing what I want to do. And when I was homeless and living in the car, that it kept tapping me on the shoulder. God kept speaking to me. I'm still with you, man. You ain't paying me no attention, but I'm still, I'm, I'm paying you some attention because I got something for you. You're not, you're not inquiring with me anymore. You're not confiding in me anymore. You're not even talking to me on a regular no more. But I still love you and I got something for you. When you get through tripping, I'm going to be right here. So when I turned to find him again, it wasn't hard. He was there. So in my homelessness, I started going, okay, God, what you want me to do? And he said, you're doing it. He said, I just want you to talk to me. See, and what I learned about Christianity then was God don't require you to be perfect. You're not going to be that. He, he said there wasn't none perfect, no, not one. But he does require you to be consistent. At least talk to me. When you slip and fall and you get off track, man, can you just at least still talk to me? I know you're going to fall and get off track. That's what I'm here for. I got this thing called grace for you, man. I'm going to let you get up. How did you know his voice different from, because a lot of people, they, I don't know, is it me? Is it something? How do you know God's voice in the middle of that? because my mother used to say it to me, and then a minister named Bishop Kenneth Olmer taught it to me. God's voice has no sin in it. See, when you ever hear people talking about- Olmer of Faithful Central? Yeah, yeah, wow. man. He wow. told me, he said, God's voice has no sin in it. And then I remember my mother saying it as a child when I was learning, God, God don't tell you nothing wrong. But she said it that way. But he said God's voice has no sin in it. So when you hear people come up to me, God told me, hey, wait a minute. 
he ain't mentioned it to me. God told me to come down here. I'm going to straighten you out because God told me to tell you to. God ain't told you to go down there and straighten nobody out. God ain't never told you to do that. God ain't told you to give nobody no, your, a piece of your mind. God, God ain't told you that, man. So as I was hearing these things, I, I remember my mother saying it. And then when I got older, Bishop Omer made it really clear for me. But, but God ain't going to tell you nothing wrong. Go over there and sleep with her. That's, that's your, go sleep with her. That's your soulmate. Wait, 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 wait. God didn't tell you go sleep with her. He might have told you that was your soulmate. But you, God didn't tell you go sleep with her. You, you did that yourself, God. Yeah, that was your decision. You, <laughs> don't put that on the Lord. <laughs> you clearly got some rules set in place about that. But he got grace and mercy because we make mistakes. And so that's, that's what kept me going in those pivotal moments. Because uh, when I got ready to quit, one of my turn back moments, I was uh, sitting on a toilet with the lid down with soap drying on my body that I had washed up at this uh, hotel, but the convention let out and I couldn't go back in there to, to moisten the tiles. I was sitting in this toilet with this soap drying on my body and I started crying. I said, I'm gonna just go home. And then clear as a bell, clear as a bell. He said, if you don't quit, if you get up and keep going, I'm gonna take you places you never dreamed you'd go. Wow. And he's been good to his promise. You know, I mean, I, I, there's so much I want to ask you about that. I want to ask you, how do you convey these, these lessons to your, to your children and how, how do, but you know, we'll leave that for if there is ever another time. Uh, current projects that you're working on. Well, hold on, hold on one second. I'm gonna give you that. Because I think what, you, what you're driving at is important. Talking to your children, mm -hmm as a man of faith is difficult because they don't hear you right away. Every parent struggles with the same thing with their children. They just don't hear you right away. You know, they've heard you talking to them so many times over the years. Uh, here come daddy again, got something to say. He always got a message and a lesson. I just want to do my thing. Well, your thing gonna get you in trouble. Mm -hmm. And all I try to do is help my children head off some of the trouble. But you can't. They got to go through life just like you do. They got to bump their head. They got to make mistakes. And the trouble with talking to young people today is they've got this instrument called Google. <laughs> and they think if they Google it, that means they know it. And so I was talking with my kids the other day. With all of the stuff I have in my head, all of this knowledge and wisdom and things I've gone through, and I'm trying to talk to them. And every time we get in a debate, they get on a smartphone and they Google the information. I said, you know something, y'all? I said, Google got y'all stupid now. Ooh. I said, Google got you where you don't even know how to research and, and go through nothing. You think if you Google it, you know it. My daughter and son looked at me and said, Dad, you can Google anything. I said, no, you can't. They said, Dad, name one thing you can't Google. I said, experience. Oh. Google it. See what you come up with. I said, to get experience, you got to live it. And what I'm trying to tell y'all, man, is I done lived it. I can save you some of this pain. But every last one of my kids have come back and said, Dad, you told me. Wow. You told me. 
And I told them, and it's hard talking to your kids after you have been down that road and you see them headed down that road and you try to convey it to them and you telling them the right thing because you love them so dearly and you don't want them to bump their head. But as a, as a man of faith and a parent, sometimes I just have to let them go. Mm. You got to get your head busted open down to the white meat before you get this message. So go ahead, knock yourself upside the head. Now I'm gonna be here, I'm gonna be here for you. When you get through with this stupid decision you made, I'm gonna be here for you. I ain't gonna say I told you so. But if you go down that decision right there, young lady, if you make that decision, young man, it's, it's gonna throw you into something. And I'm telling you every time it does. And wow. so being a man of faith and talking to your children hmm. is tough, but you gotta keep saying it to them because how many times have you heard something your mother or father said to you later on in life and you you know what man you know what i really learned i kept hearing the preacher say faith comes from hearing not from having heard see i heard all of this stuff before but you gotta hear it at a particular time for it to sink in and matter to you and that's what I learned about faith comes from hearing. That's why people get mad at Joel Osteen. He always tell that story about when his father passed and he took over the church. He always tell that story about when his mother had cancer and lost all her weight and now she's living. He tell the same stories over and over. I said, because you didn't get it the first time. <laughs> See, and you still don't get it. But mm -hmm. one of them times he going to tell it to you at a particular moment in your life and it's going to click. Joel Osteen happens to be one of my favorites. So, so here, here, here's a, an interesting moment, uh, and I, and I, I want to find out from you. And this wasn't on my list, but since we're here, at what point were you able to enjoy the moment? I asked that because I was looking at a video of my, my I have two sons, twelve year old, nine year old, and looked at a, the video of uh, my sons four years ago, and. There were some challenges with my first son, which uh, were what I went through at his age, what was said about me, about yeah. my mental capability and all that. And when it came uh, to him, it was such an intense time. And looking at the video a couple of weeks ago from four years ago, Mr. Harvey, I realized that I hadn't enjoyed this, the brilliance of this boy. Mm -hmm. because I was so focused on what the experts said the problem may be. Mm -hmm. And then I realized I wasn't enjoying the moment. Mm -hmm. Steve Harvey, have you, at what stage did you come in your, in, in your life where you were able to enjoy the moment and how did you make that transition? I'm going to be honest with you, man. I didn't really start enjoying my life and enjoying some of my accomplishments. I'm 63 years old, about 13 years ago. And, and it wasn't even in full enjoyment then. I was starting to process it. I really just started enjoying the journey. Seven years now. It took me a long time to really understand how to enjoy the journey. Because I kept making the mistake of making the arrival at the goal, the vision, and the dream the reward. 
I kept making that the reward and everything else was work until I accomplished the goal. I just learned maybe seven years ago that there's joy in the journey. That in the process, you got to stop and enjoy yourself. Like on your way to a million, at 100,000, you ought to have a celebration. At 150,000, you ought to have another party. At 200,000, you ought to throw another gala. At 250, you ought to throw something else. Because, man, it's joy in the process. What God is doing for you, it's a process. You should enjoy that, man, because you're on your way to that. But surely, you, surely, I mean, you're a man, you've read, you've read books galore from all I've seen. So you must have known that before, uh, that enjoy the process. You must have yeah. enjoy the moment. So, you know, yeah. what was it that made it impossible to actually live what you knew? Well, see, faith comes from hearing, not from having heard. Yeah. I knew all of that. I was in a bad marriage. I couldn't. I couldn't see. I couldn't see, man. I was, I was talking the other day. I was, I was in a marriage where I stopped listening to music. No, you don't even know how I feel about music, man. Music, for me, is everything. It's soul music. It's really, it's for my soul. Gospel music, oh my God. I was listening to Kirk Franklin. The other day, he's got an old song when it was Kirk Franklin and the family. The song is Down by the Riverside. Ooh. I was standing next to the river just crying a week ago. Just crying, man. I couldn't stop crying. Down by the riverside, there's healing at the riverside. That's a blessing in the Down by the riverside. I looked at what all God had done for me and I just, I couldn't stop crying. But when you're in a dark space, man, all you, I'm just trying to figure, I was waking up every day, man, just trying to figure out how I'm gonna survive today. I ain't got time to listen to no music, man. Every time I got in a car, I needed that radio off so I could try to think of a way out. But see, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. And then ever since uh, Marjorie came along, man, I got back to listening to music. Ever since 2005, man, I, I started getting back to listening to music. I started dreaming again. I started taking time out to enjoy. And you know, yeah, man, you know, look, man, I'd love to be a billionaire, but you think, so now that I know that's my goal, you think I'm mad where I'm at? Nah, man, I ain't even close to a billion, but I ain't where I was either. Do you want to stay informed on the best of what's happening in the UK church today? Premier Christianity magazine is for you. The UK's leading Christian magazine is published every month and features interviews with Christian leaders, in-depth reporting, reviews, columnists and loads more. And best of all, you can try it for free. Head to our website now to request the latest edition worth £5.95 completely free of charge. Visit premierchristianity.com forward slash free sample. I ain't even close to a billion, but I ain't where I was either. So guess what? I finally learned how to enjoy the process because I had to get a grip on that because I was just going, man, you just working. You taking gig after gig. I do that show. You signing all these contracts, man. Stop. You don't need all that. Stop. 
you know, I, 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 my, my time is, I, I really want to respect what uh, Tabitha set up for me. And I'm it's so okay. grateful for the time. Um, you, you're talking about signing contracts, which is a, a, a good moment to talk about uh, uh, Family Feud Africa. And, yeah. and also, I'm, I'm keen to talk about the mentoring you did. I, I mean, I had a conversation with, uh, 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 what's the, Kidron Bryant just mm-hmm. yesterday. Oh, yeah. um, and to hearing about some of the effects of just the conversation with you. And mm-hmm. I know there's thousands of young men that you, you've gone through, so I want to hear about. But Family Fueled Africa, <laughs> what has the experience, from, from what we see, you're, you're, having, you're having some fun, but what has the experience been like for you? Because you've talked about it being a, a, a journey to something of home, meeting uh, uh, people who are not dissimilar to the black people in America. Yeah. Uh, you've talked about you having, you've been the one who has the accent and then you're having a lot of fun. What has been, what's it been like for Steve Harvey? You know, first of all, to go to Africa as an African-American, I came away with this understanding. Coming to Africa is like going back home to a place you've never been. Think about that, man. For African-Americans, Africa is home. So if you get the opportunity to go there, It's like going back home, but to a place you've never been. How does that happen, man? Mm. See, my grandfather was a slave. Hear me now. My father's father was a slave till he was 12 years old. My grandfather was a slave till he was 12. That's my background. I don't know that, that I'm a Shanti. I didn't know if I was Zulu. So when I went to Africa, I claimed everybody. I'm all of it. Hey, man, I done met this Shanti King. You know, I've, I've, I've been around Zulus. You know, I, I identify with those two right away. I'm, there are so many others, but I identify with the Shantis and the Zulus because of the story, their warrior spirit. And I know that's in me. And when I went to the slave castles in Ghana, I could not stop crying. I knew when I fell on my knees in the slave castle and my oldest son was next to me and he fell next to me and we couldn't get up. I knew then that one of my ancestors had been in that room, that he was there and he was laying on me and my son. One of my ancestors was in that slave castle in Ghana, man. I know it. I know it like I'm sitting here. Because when I fell on the ground and couldn't get up and could not stop crying, and I looked over, my oldest son, who is now 29, was next to me with the same reaction. He said, Dad, I couldn't even get up. I said, because he was on us. He was laying on us. You all are home. Y'all come to get me. So it, it's, it's, it, it was such an elevation. The next thing about b- being on the continent that made me feel like I've never felt before, for the first time in my life, I was not a minority. Huh. Oh, man. Oh, man. 
I was not a minority, man. I woke up every day in Africa so happy because I didn't have to deal with my blackness. I did not have to say, man, I'm black. Wonder who gonna stop me. If the police stop me, they black too. They not just gonna beat me. They not gonna shoot me when they stop me. I was for the first time in my life, not a minority. I said, man, the funny, I said, wow, this is how white folks feel? This is cool. <laughs> this is amazing. You mean they actually get to wake up every day and not be the minority? Oh, it, it was like it, it, the spirit was rejuvenating. Now, that being said, I wish I could, I'm gonna try to pull this up and show it to you real quick. I didn't know we was gonna get into this subject. So let me, uh, let me try to pull this up right quick and show it to you. Uh, this is a picture of my vision board. Let me see. I can't get it to stop rotating. But this is a picture, let me see if I can get it. I don't know if you can see it. Anyway, let me just show you. There is a picture of Africa right there. Oh, yes, yes. It's been on my vision board for eight years. Wow. Africa has been on my vision board for eight years. Wow. Now, this is my new vision board. You can't see it, but I'm already in Africa. Ooh. I've been wanting to come to Africa for eight years. I just didn't know how I was going to get there and what I was going to do. So when I was sitting at the Diamond Council meeting in Botswana, I had met uh, President Eric McQuetsy of Botswana, and he and I formed a relationship. I said to myself, I said, man, you know what I ought to do? I ought to come over here and do Family Feud on Africa. So I called my COO and my uh, chief of staff, my uh, international business developer that you spoke to, Tabidi. And I said, hey, fellas, I want to do a family feud in Africa. Make it happen. That's all I do. I just tell my guys, I don't, the how-to is none of my business. Right. And the problems are, <laughs> so we got to calling around, and we were told, you can't go to Africa to make TV. No one goes to Africa to produce television shows. They don't do the quality. They don't know how to put this, sprinkle the Hollywood dust on it. I went, yeah, 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 yeah. I done been over there. All I saw was talent when I was there. It's fascinating what you were saying about waking up and, and not feeling like the minority. I, I, uh, I grew up the first, first nine years of my life in Nigeria before I came here. Uh, and so for me, it was a sense of, I knew, I knew doctors who were black. I knew policemen right. who were black. And so it was strange to me when I got back to London uh, that I would be called uh, uh, an effing African. Yeah. Or, and, and some of those who would say that would be black themselves. And, you know, they used to put bananas on my table to remind me of what a monkey I was. But, you know, so it didn't offend me because I was like, okay, and free lunch, so I would eat the bananas. <laughs> you know? And years later, I realized that there was a different headspace if you'd never grown up around that absolutely and it's a it's a powerful thing experiencing it you know going back but please continue so you were talking so, about you know you the word to your team let's get yeah. it done. i told them to make it happen well they uh 
Everybody told me you can't shoot TV in Africa. They don't have the production facilities. They don't have the ability to do it right. And I was going, what are you all talking about? I've been over there. I've been in their radio stations. They look just like ours. They have TV facilities. I said, look, the only thing that's missing is someone who knows how to sprinkle that Hollywood dust on the project. The cameramen in Africa are very, very professional and adequate. The lighting people are even better than the ones in the U.S. because they know how to light black people. We spend so much time on the set because if I'm sitting next to a white and I'm sitting up here black and then Wesley Snipes is sitting next to me, the lighting director don't know what to do because they got this vanilla caramel and this chocolate sitting up in here. Well, Africans know how to do that. And so... I said, no, man, that's not true. So I convinced uh, my partners at Fremantle, which own Family Feud, I said, I'm going to do this. I mean, I'm the biggest franchise they have at Fremantle. What they going to tell me? No. But they were very smart. They said, well, everything else he's done has worked. All right, we'll sell it to you. So I bought the rights, Ooh! the international rights, and I bought it for uh, Africa. And I got... I can go anywhere in Africa I want. So I started in South Africa and then I got Ghana. Now, a couple of people didn't believe it was going to work. But if you know about ratings, we the number one show in South Africa and we the number one show in Ghana every week we've been on since the first week. Wow. And that's because, you know, God, God gives me favor, man. God gives me unmerited favor and grace. I don't even deserve all he does for me, but he gives it to me. That's why I remember, once again, old people at my church used to sing, all I want is a little more grace, a little more grace. That was a song. And I didn't understand that growing up, but I sure get it now. So, Great. Mr. Harvey, is it possible then? I mean, you, the, the last, since 2017, you started your company. And then this acceleration to ownership, which is yeah. a big, big thing. Yeah. And, uh, but it's a combination of the decades of experiences that you've had. Yeah. Is it possible for the young men that you're mentoring, is it possible for them to get that lesson without having done the time that you've done? Well, listen, you can expedite it a bit by learning the principles of success. You can expedite it by avoiding some of the pitfalls. But the problem is, if you, if you duck this pitfall, you might not duck the other one. And then you got to realize that your timing and God's timing is two different timings. And so what I try to, in, what I try to embed in the young person who wants to be successful, Mr. Harvey, I want to be you. Well, you're not going to beat me because you're not going to be on the same path I've been on. But you can be who God made you to be. And, that, and, that, and that's, and that's going to be plenty sufficient if you just get on the path that God has designed for you. The problem with people coming to Christianity is they think that God wants everybody to be down there Bible thumping, sitting on the front row, Join the choir, be on the deacon board, work on the usher board. He got different paths for all of us. 
my job is not to sit inside of a church building and, 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 and take people at the door and stand up. God made me international. He made me global. He put me on a platform where I can spread his message in ways that other people don't have the opportunity to. You know, I talk about God on Family Feud. I don't care what you feel about it. No, but, but you know, the reality is you speak to an audience, you speak to more people about God than most pastors will see in their lifetime. You speak to more people about God in a couple of episodes. The YouTube clip goes around the world three, four times over. You preaching the gospel, yet pastor uh, and the elders sitting in front of 60 people, 120 people for, for, for five years. So we need Christians in, as doctors. We need Christians as firemen. Right, into, you know, as as you know what, and we need Christians that help the layman man understand that this is not a perfect walk. That you're not going to be perfect, nor is it necessary to be perfect. Like I tell everybody all the time, I'm an imperfect soldier for Christ. That's what I am. Keyword imperfect other keyword soldier subject for christ now if you don't like that message coming from me then go down to the church and get it another way if you don't like the way i said it then pay attention to this dude over here the mission of mine is to get you to understand that you can be a flawed human being fraught with a history of mistakes that you can flunk out of school that you can be on your second or third marriage, that you can lose everything you've ever owned, that you can be homeless, downright, you can be completely done, and God will pick you right back up, dust you off, and let you try it again. Whoa, that's the message I send as a Christian. I'm not telling nobody to follow me and watch my walk. My walk ain't perfect. See, I still, I still got some stuff, man. I'm telling you, I don't like. I don't really do good with some things. You know, Christianity's hard. They got some rules that I think is a little bit strenuous. You know, turn the other cheek. But, but listen, this is Mr. Harvey. You say you say that. I mean, one of the things you say, you and, and I've heard you say, and people have laughed. Is is uh, I'm a cussing Christian, and we all laugh. But but I saw a clip of a pastor who was in his full full preach. The other day, and he the, the poor man cussed, if, 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 and then he's holding his head. I, I said, yeah. I guess he's inside all of us. Yeah, you know, and I just I'm just honest about it, which allows people to go, okay, man, that okay, Steve, I feel you. You know, I I want to know that you can make a mistake and still make it, because you're gonna make the mistake. But like I said earlier in the interview, God ain't looking for your perfection; He's looking for your consistency. I keep getting back up trying to get it right. And then there's some things I'm just struggling to master. I, but then I ask for forgiveness, you know. But the one thing I consistently do is I try to help my brothers. I reach back to the communities. I give. I share. I love everybody that love me. I struggle with the love your enemy thing. I really do. That ain't I ain't really good at that. I ain't, I ain't figured that one out. Because pretty much if you can't stand me, then well, okay, cool. 
Tasco partner. <laughs> Don't come over here and ask me for nothing. But that's the flawed side of me. But I'm working on that. Well, it's uh, just a song that we've been singing. A, a few of us have been singing. And I love the Lord. I've, I've been saved for years. Uh, a song we've been singing the last few days is by Toby. Try Jesus. Don't try me. Because I throw hands. I throw hands. <laughs> try me. Please don't try me. Try Jesus. Because I fight. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, that's my theme song. I didn't sing it on my radio show for three days now, every time the show opened. Try Jesus. Not me. Because <laughs> I throw hands. I, that's my favorite song, man. I, I look back on my comedy career, how many jokes I wrote about uh, don't slap me because I'm not slap Christian. I got jokes about turning the other cheek. I turn the other cheek, but when I come back around, you better not be there. You know, I've I've done I've written that joke so many times. So that that that's a great song, man. Listen, let me let me not. Um, I'm so grateful that you've given me so much more time. But let me let me knock it on the on the head. Uh, you uh, you talk about the street that you grew up on, the street where you you fell on, and everyone thought you would die. Mm -hmm. same street being named after you now mm -hmm. if you had three things or just one thing you could say to a 20 year old steve harvey mm -hmm. what would you say to him man i would tell my 20 year old self that the things you are doing in your 20s will have a profound effect on your 30s. And if you don't make the adjustments in the 30s, it will carry over into your 40s. See, the lesson that I've learned is so critical, is that the average person blows their 20s. The 20s, man, is when we lay a foundation and we don't even realize it. I guess but, that's where mentorship that becomes important, the stuff that you're doing with the Absolutely. Young. I try to get kids at a younger age to realize what I didn't. See, I didn't, I had made so many mistakes in my 20s. Got married early, had children by the time I was 25, wasn't working, hadn't uncovered my gift and started using it. I didn't have a clear-cut direction in life. I had, I had lost my place. I walked away from God. Oh, them 20s of mine, man. Whew. I did a number on myself. If I could go back, I would tell myself to take a little more time to seek wise counsel in your 20s because everything you do in your 20s will have a profound effect on your 30s. And the things you don't correct in your 30s, partner, you will end up fixing in your 40s. And Lord have mercy, you're in a tailspin if you get to 40 and you don't know the way at 40. Now, now you're hustling backwards now. And if you get to 50 and ain't there, you got to realize now you've already, most of us have lived longer than we got left. Oh, partner. Now you're in a, in a mode. That's what I would tell the 20-year-old Steve Harvey. That's what I tell my 23-year-old son. 
That's what I told my 29-year-old son, my 28-year-old son, my 23-year-old daughter. I want to grab all of them and just shake them. I told y'all not to do these things in your 20s. Mm. But you didn't listen to me. But they okay. My kids ain't in trouble. They ain't in jail. <laughs> my sons ain't got no girl pregnant yet. Praise God. None of my daughters... <laughs> None of my daughters have shown up with some children without being married. I, I try to work hard on that because I, I try to, I threaten most boys. Uh, a couple of them got past me a couple of times because my daughters live by themselves now. But usually when I find them, though, I usually can get rid of them in time. I'm struggling a little oh bit. Lord. <laughs> but I'm catching a couple of them, though. But when I catch you off by yourself, partner, I got something for you. Oh, so Lord. That's still my little princess. I don't care what you think. So, hey, man, I've enjoyed talking with you. Harvey, thank you so much. Thank you so You've been listening to Moywa in conversation with Steve Harvey. I'm Sam Howes, editor of Premier Christianity magazine. That is the publication that sponsors this show and makes it all possible. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation. I have to say, when I first heard that interview, I, it really had the wow factor for me. In fact, I was out and about with my headphones in and I was I was shouting hallelujah, uh, probably at strangers in the street as I was walking along listening to Moywa in conversation with Steve Harvey. Just loved Steve's insights into the God of grace who we know and love. So I hope that blessed you as well um when i heard that interview i thought this is so good we've got to use it in the magazine so if you pick up the latest copy of premier christianity magazine you'll see steve harvey is on the front cover he's our cover story and you'll actually be able to read that interview that you've just heard so perhaps uh, you'd like to read the interview and, and revisit in written form or perhaps you know someone who might be blessed by that interview well why not check out premier christianity magazine it's there in print form you can get a free sample copy now if you head to premierchristianity.com And the other thing I wanted to let you know is that this show is now available as a podcast. That means that you can access past episodes of The Profile. We've had well over 150 different Christian leaders from all walks of life come on the show and myself or other colleagues have interviewed them to hear more about their life story. And you can access all of those right now on The Profile podcast. Just search for The Profile wherever you normally get your podcasts from or head to premierchristianradio.com forward slash The Profile. That's all we've got time for here on Premier Christian Radio. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you same time, same place next week.